Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Titletown, South Florida, the Miami Herald's high school sports show. We are in the football playoffs and ready to roll with another round of coverage uh, here with our guests. I'm Andre Fernandez, deputy sports editor at the Miami Herald, joined, as always, by David Wilson, our Miami Herald sports writer. And we have a very special guest today, our good friend of the show, Mr. Larry Bluestein. If you guys know about high school football, you know Larry. He covers it all over the past 30, 40 years, an, an encyclopedia of, of, of not just high school football knowledge, but a lot of things, as we'll, uh, as we'll talk to him later on, just about these state semifinals coming up this weekend and how, how these teams look against some of the out-of-town competition that's coming down. Uh, we had a great second round. We hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed last week, not just you know Turkey Day, but also what came after that, a, a good second round, a good third round of games, sorry, the regional finals, even though the matchups turned out kind of how we expected, still some pretty good games. We'll take a look at the showdown between American Heritage and Cardinal Gibbons, a matchup of two teams that were ranked in the top 30 nationally. And we'll look at Homestead, which struck early and often on special teams and took down a pretty good Miramar team to advance to their first state semifinal since 1984. And a showdown between True North and Palmer Trinity, where it turned into a scoring fest between the two teams, the Titans, in only their fourth year of existence going to the state semifinals already. And as we said before, Larry will be on. We're going to break down the next round, maybe talk a little recruiting as well. As we know, National Signing Day, the first one, is coming up on December 21st. David, how's it going, man, and how are you enjoying these playoffs so far? Pretty good. Um, you know, some some big uh, some statement wins, I think, from some people. You mentioned Homestead. I think that was, in some ways, maybe the biggest story of the weekend. Obviously, Heritage Gibbons was, uh, I think, pegged as the game of the week. And I think the big thing we learned from that one was um, if we get this Heritage Central game uh, in, I guess, three weeks, because there will be a bye week in between, um, that can be an all-time state championship game. But uh, a fun weekend of games. Um you know, okay weekend of games at Hard Rock Stadium, mixed <laughs> results, I guess, at the, the two nights, I, I two days I spent there. But yeah, overall, pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend of football down here in South Florida, as it often is. Yeah, pretty much one good half, that first half <laughs> by the Dolphins. After that, it's, a, it's pretty much a snooze fest. As it, and, and on Saturday, looking like a, like a typical weekday Marlins game with the way the crowd vacated quickly. But <laughs> anyway, that's for another time. Uh, let's start with that. Other podcast. In, other podcast, exactly. Um, which, by the way, catch our podcast real quick. Plug on that one now that David brought it up. David's on a lot of these pods. We have the Heat, uh, Marlins, Dolphins, and Canes. You can find them on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, everywhere. Um, you know, and just check them out. Have a, a bunch of information on all your favorite local teams. But starting off with uh, Broward County this week, where, as we mentioned before, American Heritage, a five-time state champ, ever since the new coach Mike Smith took over. That was the, the mission, to get Heritage back to that state championship level after the year off that they had, down year that they had last year. And they're two steps away, obviously, another challenging team coming in this week with Jacksonville Bulls. But let's look at that game and how they overcame Gibbons a second time. In the first quarter, though, the Chiefs were, were, were serious. I mean, Kamari Moulton, they did something they hadn't done in the first game, and that's getting the end zone after the first time around. Here's Kamari Moulton uh, scoring from, from close range to make it 7-0 Chiefs. I don't even know if that clip makes you appreciate the shot he took. Oh my god! You he can hear it, took. I think. I, I know, and even then, I'm, I'm sure when when you hear it in person, it was probably even worse. But but that's how Gibbons jumped ahead, and not only that, they were up ten nothing, and you're starting to think, uh oh, maybe Gibbons can turn it on them. But Blake Murphy, Louisiana Monroe commit, he's really come along the, in the later stages of this season, and you, you see the chemistry he has with guys like Brandon Innes and others. Here's a throw to Innes that that got the the Patriots rolling. 
And that started the Mark Fletcher show from there. Two touchdowns for the, the former Ohio State commit, who's now reopened his recruiting, as we've talked about before. Here's one of those touchdowns for Fletcher. David, as you appropriately put in that tweet, that's why everyone's after him, that ability to break tackles and that speed. And here's another example. This one was a little closer, but this one started to put the game away. As we know, that it's not just Mark Fletcher Heritage, although he is the principal guy in that backfield. Byron Lewis has been another factor. Here's him powering his way into the end zone to really put this game away. And that would do it. The Patriots prevail uh, over Gibbons, ending Gibbons' two-year run. The Chiefs. Had a good one for two years in a row, and I think they're I think they're here to stay. Even if the heritage, this is going to be kind of, you know, Coach the Buck does a great job over there, and I think they can kind of be back and forth as they usually are in the next couple of years. But talking about heritage, I mean, I don't see how this isn't at this point. I know Bulls has they're not the old Bulls, yeah. So I I don't see how they're not on a collision course with Central at this point. Yeah, I mean, they look fantastic. Um, it was kind of the start of the game was kind of the inverse of that regular season matchup between Heritage and Gibbons, where pre- that game was probably closer than the final score indicated because Gibbons kept turning it over uh, when they got inside like the 40 yard line. Uh, Heritage did that on their first two possessions. Um, but otherwise, I mean, Mark Fletcher ran for almost 200 yards. They, they, at, you know, they've got a great wrinkle they use where they put him and Byron Lewis, who's the next, you know, Mark Fletcher and ex Tony Michelle, American Heritage has so many good ones. Uh, put them in the backfield together, uh, use Lewis as a fullback, and that's obviously really dangerous. And then you touch on Blake Murphy. He's kind of the unsung hero of that team, um, which is strange to say about a quarterback. But when you've got guys like Mark Fletcher and Brandon Ennis, um, Lewis, I mean, the, so many weapons. The quarterback falls under the radar. He's had some injuries the last few years. But, um, you know, this is the best I've seen him look. Um, he's always been a really good runner, but that he made some great throws, that one to Ennis that we saw. Uh, perfect deep ball there. He's he's a weapon for those guys, and I mean, I, mean, I think we're all rooting for that that Central Heritage game. That would be you know a, in at, in Fort Lauderdale and in a Miami Stadium. Like that would yep. be one of the most hotly anticipated state title games in a long time. I think. Well, it, it's never happened before. Dade versus Broward final state championship, and we're talking history that goes back to the early '60s. And for you know for one reason or another, it's never been bracketed that way until now. And we may. Not just have one, there's at least the possibility of having two because Homestead got a step closer and special teams, as I mentioned before, was a big reason why they jumped all over Miramar. First, for the opening kickoff, here's David Jester making a big play. That Homestead guy, that PA guy, gets so hyped. Underrated, up. underrated. Oh, <laughs> he's funny. He um, he was had more to to, to say on that, and and then after that, Joshua Townsend, of course, who we've talked about just being the pivotal uh, kid who returned. He had an ankle injury mid-season, and since he came back, Homestead hasn't lost. And here's some of the reason why, right here, you see his touchdown. But Miramar, to their credit, wouldn't go quietly. Even though they fell behind 20 to nothing, the running game was there at times. Nate Henry, another big game, rushing the football over 130 yards. But Jordan Jones also came through. Here's a nice touchdown run he had to get Miramar a little bit back in the game.
But in the end, it was too much Townsend, too much Homestead defense, and they put it away. Here's his second touchdown of the game. Homestead and that PA guy that we were so uh, fond of thought he was announcing the whole night. He thought it was going to be Homestead Aquinas, Homestead Aquinas. But guess again, because Jones High made a statement, they destroyed Orlando Edgewater, which was the top seed in the class going into the week. And now the Broncos have to hit the road all the way to right by the Citrus Bowl to take on that Jones team that is red hot right now. Ten wins in a row. They had a quarterback change. They are now potentially a favorite in this matchup, even though Homestead's had a good year. But let's see what Philip Simpson had to say about his team's accomplishment, which, like we said before, first time since 1984. Coach, you, you weren't even alive last time Homestead made it, 1984. Um, you know, but in all seriousness, the accomplishment, Coach, so to, you've built this, been a part of this build-up for this program. How proud are you right now seeing what's happening? You know, I mean, it's, it's, I hold, I'm holding back a little bit because uh, – you know, obviously the job is not done, but I mean it's exciting times. You come in year one, you go two and eight, trying to build a program. Year two, COVID year, you go to the third round, lose to Venus. Year three, you go to St. Thomas and you lose to St. Thomas. So now year four, you come in and, 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 and you, you know you, you show progress, you show a strong post, you know you show you show life by by not stalemating that third round. You win and get to the fourth round, become a regional champion, uh, which is exciting times. So just it just it's a great. Great day to be a Bronco. What did you see tonight that you didn't see the last time you were in this round? Confidence. Confidence. We know, we know we're not the St. Thomas. The reality was, um, you know, people people was fixed on St. Thomas, right? Just yeah. the, the status quo. And, and we watched them, and we was not, you know, uh, intimidated. We felt we could have played, but it was uncharted territories. You know, we was in the middle of an ocean with no paddle. And and you saw we was uh, deer in headlights, and, and we just never got it going. Uncharacteristic things. Going off that year, um, we lost week one of Palmetto. The mistakes we made, we haven't seen until we got to St. Thomas. So that was that was just our reality of last year. So this year, you just saw confidence. You saw that we all been. I told my quarterback, man, you've been in the third round all three years of high school. So there's nothing to talk about. You know, so and that's we saw them at leadership. How much um, that first, uh, you know, to open with a kickoff return for a, for a score like that. You know, it's obviously it's not everything. You have to back it up. But how much was that to kind of maybe like ease in? Set the, set the tone, you know, yeah. because the reality is that, um, you know, they came out, they had a strong run game. You know, they, they had a strong run game. They was moving the ball. They was working the clock. So to get ahead early was important because they came out strong. They came out tough and kind of warmed down. So that early jump put them in a position that, that they, they didn't want to be in because passing the ball for them was, was a challenge. Yeah. And running the ball was a little success. So, so for having to play behind the whole game, just put the games on our hands. Yeah, but your special teams overall, though, I mean, again, back it up with a punt return, like two, two our, guys later. Our best special teams night of the season, yeah. um, three phases of the game. You know, you give up, you give up uh, two touchdowns in four quarters to a strong team. Yeah. You know, you put up 33 points, um, and that's mixed in with special teams. So you win all three phases of the game. You're supposed to win the game. Yeah, this is probably not a short answer, but what what is Joshua Townsend? What has he meant to this program as part of that build to, to what you accomplished? Joshua Townsend is Homestead, and Homestead is Joshua Townsend. Period. He's the guy. He's 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 our, he's he's our uh, he's our neighborhood hero. You know, he's he's that program. Uh, uh, true post, you know, we, we do not, you know, we play through him. He gives us everything he got, and he, he's a special, special human being. He deserves everything coming his way. I think I threw in the story, uh, Ronald Reagan was president. The Dolphins were getting ready to play their own. The last time the Dolphins were in the Super Bowl against the 49ers, and somebody tweeted Carl Lewis was the Olympic champion the last time Homestead made it this far, but a tremendous accomplishment. Uh, for the Broncos. And now, you know, we'll, we'll bring in Larry in a little bit to talk about this matchup and talk about Jones High. But it, I, this could be the best game of the week in terms of matchup. I mean, if you look at the talent, the high-level talent on, on on both sides of the field, just in terms of competitiveness. I mean, you, David, you're familiar with some of the guys on the Jones, especially uh, they have a UM commit. Tell us yeah. a little bit about him. Yeah, he's been uh, one of the you know better defensive players in the entire state, Malik Bryant. Um played at IMG previously, came back home to, to finish his high school career at Jones and, you know, has them on the brink of getting back to the state final. Um, and, yeah, you mentioned they made a quarterback change. It seems like it's really sparked the offense. I mean, they obliterated Edgewater, um, lost a, a close game to Edgewater in the regular season, came back and, and blew them out in the uh, region championship. Uh, only other loss this year was to Duncanville, which is, uh, I think, a top-ten team in the country uh, out in Texas. 
So, yeah, I mean, they're really good. Um, but I, I think Homestead made, you know, they're going to be an underdog, like you said, going this weekend. But the way that they beat up on Miramar, which I think everyone coming in expected that to be a close game, I think it's pretty telling that this team is has had, you know, kind of its ups and downs this year. Obviously lost to Southridge. It had some injuries. But it does seem like they're kind of peaking at the right time. And and uh, as long as Joshua Townsend is out there and, you know, we'll see if, if Malik Bryant just torments this, this offensive line, it'll, it'll cause a lot of problems for Homestead. But if Townsend has time to make plays, like, it, it's hard to doubt what he can do. Yeah. Well, other powerhouses that advanced fairly comfortably this week, Columbus in a rematch against Doral once again. Central, Central got a more of a battle from Norland, but mm-hmm. were able to pull through. Shamanon and Cardinal and Cardinal Newman surprised me a little bit the way Shamanon just handled them. Although it's just a statement again of how deep Shamanon is. Davion Gaz with a big game there, and the Lions are going to face True North Academy that we mentioned earlier, going to its first state semifinal, 58-37 over Palmer Trinity. This one turned into a scoring fest real quickly. I mean, a lot of short kickoffs that were putting each team on on a short field. But one of the stars of this game was the the freshman wide receiver J Rock Lopez. Caught three touchdown passes, nine overall for 208 yards. Here's one of the ones he had early on. Palmer Trinity, though, to their credit, Aiden Davenport, quarterback, has probably put together two of the best weeks anyone, any quarterback has statistically this season. Another great performance, 469 yards and three touchdowns. This one's not a touchdown, but this is probably the best throw he made in that game. Take a look. But too much True North, too many weapons. Here's Lopez bringing down another one on a fade route here in the corner of the end zone. That one, they would get in the end zone after that and hold off their their defense held them off. And again, True North, to their credit, it, it's a balanced team. I mean, I know they still have a long ways to go, and this is going to be obviously a monumental obstacle against Chaminade. But they've come a long way in just three years of varsity football. And um, David, I think if they can keep that little core together, they might be able to to sustain themselves in the next few years in Class One M. Yeah, we mentioned them a little bit a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it seems like Greg Lafier, the coach there, former Hurricane, is is doing a fantastic job. Um, and yeah, they're young. We I mean, we know how South Florida high school football works. You can have a great young core at a, a smaller school, and they could all wind up at different schools, especially those middle schoolers who, who like to play. A lot of times the middle eighth grade kids like to go play at a private school year and then maybe go back to their hometown uh, school as a, as a freshman. Um, so, yeah, they obviously got to try to keep all those kids. But if, if they can keep all of them, then, I mean, that seems like a really nice core. They're going to have a hard time with Chaminade this weekend, though. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, let's uh, without further ado, and we had him. We've had him in the uh, quote-unquote virtual waiting room long enough. Let's bring in our friend Larry Bluestein. We're going to talk some uh, state semifinals, some recruiting now. Larry, thanks as always, my friend. Thank you for joining us. And uh, Larry was on our show earlier this year. How you doing, Larry? I, I see you're in front of the shrine again. Yeah, yeah, doing good, doing good. Um, just you know, football, uh, football-oriented uh, playoffs. First round had an opportunity to see seven weeks, uh, seven games, and then the second round, five. But as 
as they start playing only on Friday, you only get to see one. But, uh, you know, I, I know if I go to a game and you or David are there, then I'm at the right game. So, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> well, we try. We try to get to the, we try not to go to the scroby ones uh, if we can. But no. Um, but tell us, Larry, what, you could look at this round. I mean, it's kind of a, a couple of surprises maybe on the other end of the bracket. You know, I know we talk a lot about that Jones game against Homestead, but let's let's go here. Uh, Shamanad, I know this looks like a mismatch, obviously, against True North, but what do you think of this team and potentially let, let's leap ahead at the game, you know, coming the week after, let's say, if they get University Christian. I know you, you've seen University Christian, and, and you even said they had a very good chance of knocking off Trinity, which they did. How do you kind of see Shamanad's road uh, panning out over the next couple of weeks in that regard? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, well, University Christian coach Pentland does a great job, and then and I saw the first game on tape, and I said, "Wait, you got they they should have won the game." Trinity, you know, kind of got lucky in that game, but I, I knew University Christian. I mean, they're playing a really good team. Clearwater Central Catholic has done a great job. Uh, just an outstanding football program. I mean, he, he does it year in and year out. I saw them during the summer, have a really good bunch of linemen and seven on seven, but uh, that should be a good game uh, between those two. And yeah, next game Shamanad has will be the opener against modern day next year. So the, uh, I mean, to be honest with it, I mean, if you're putting in the perspective uh, and they're going to call out everybody next year, they'll be, if they're not preseason number one, and basically nobody knows anything about football nationally, just like they should be one or two right now. But Max Preps wants to keep it in the California family. Although I saw that uh, the high school football America, you know, uh, got smart and put uh, put Central at number one and put Chaminade two, which the way it should be. I mean, you know, I mean, you watch those games. I watch them every week. And those teams are really, really good. You put them in a Dade County gauntlet. They're not – unbeaten isn't even going to be a word in their category. So, you know, I mean, they're – you, when you when you play a St. Thomas and you play a Heritage and a Central and even a Northwestern who, like you said, I mean, they came on strong. But, uh, yep, I think Central, I think St. Thomas uh, making, I mean, um, Chaminade making a record tying seventh consecutive uh, trip to the state finals. Yep. Uh, only Glades Day was the only other team. So, yeah, Coach Jones has done a great job. And they're just, and you guys have seen them enough to know they're, they're as loaded as you can get. Yeah. I'm still pining for a game that we know won't happen, but no, I wish Chaminade yeah. Central. I wish there was some way we could see those two play. Yeah, because yeah. next year they're still going to be all be really good, but you you wish you could see this this, this year, group yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah no, you're right, and uh, you know the whole thing is is uh, you look at a team like Chaminade, and they're the only team that can make six turnovers and still win a game. You know, against yeah. an elite <laughs> team, so you know how, you know what that's about. But yeah, yeah, no, they're. I can't say enough about them. I watched them grow through this process. And the whole thing is, is they'll probably be better next year uh, because they've already have a couple of linemen that are going to come in and that's only their weakness. Lose a few people up front, great secondary coming back. Uh, wide receivers are second to none. Their offensive backfield will be back intact, but uh, yeah, it would be a monumental upset if they even got touched the rest of the year uh, by yeah. anybody. If anybody had a chance, it, it would have been Cardinal Newman, Jack Daniels, but uh, keep your eye on them because, you know, they're, they're going to gobble up a lot of Palm Beach talent over the next year or so. Yeah. That's a new Dwyer. Like I keep calling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah new Dwyer. That's legal to do what they're going to do now. Exactly. <laughs> Before yeah. Dwyer used to get those guys and people used to, uh, you know, try to turn them in, but right. You know, Not he's anymore. done a great job. Yeah. Oh, well, switching now to two M. I mean, look at the matchups this week. Central against the St. Petersburg Lakewood, a team that is familiar with Miami Dade County opposition. They lost to Homestead and beat Southridge earlier in the season. They've got a Florida Gators commit on the edge, Isaiah Nixon, while their quarterback, uh, a Virginia commit, Anthony Colandrea. He's had a pretty good year: twenty-seven touchdowns, almost three thousand yards. A pick commit, Montrevious Lloyd. So there's some some pretty good talent on that team. Yeah. But obviously, we know Central's a monster. What do you think? Uh, just uh, the 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 hop, can Lakewood even make this a contest? Or are we looking uh, at Central? Yeah, Bowl? without a doubt. I mean, they lead the they lead the entire state in total offense. Anthony Calandria is one of the best quarterbacks. He's he's a faster version of Tiger. So, uh, hmm. I mean, this kid is just. I mean, he's just amazing. He averaged even in the losses last year to Chaminade and, and Cardinal Gibbons. He got four oh nine against Chaminade and three seventy seven against. Uh, against Cardinal Gibbons, 
it's just that they won't have enough. Uh, you know, I mean, and they have as many guys in the NFL as some of the other programs. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. look at some of the guys that they put into the NFL as well. Well, coach, coach Moore does a tremendous job. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop central. I, I see it actually as a pretty high scoring game. Uh, cause, uh, the one thing is, is, uh, Lakewood has South Florida speed. I mean, they do. I mean, they really do. And, and they're, they had five kids injured against Homestead and four of them against South Ridge and, they, and they, Calandria play very sparingly against South Ridge. So they're going to get them at full strength. And like I said, Central is going to have a little bit too much at the end, more experience, a lot more to go for. Uh, obviously, they have a national title now to, to, to protect. Right. I, and, I, the um, thing I love about Lakewood, they, they play tough schedules. And a lot of yeah, teams they they do. Tampa area don't, you know, they, there's a lot of rules up there that prevent them from playing too much out of county, but they always come down and play. Exactly. Chaminade they don't play. I mean, yeah. You know, give them credit. Last year, they didn't have to play Chaminade. They didn't have to. They had to play Gibbons because that was in the playoffs. But you're right. A lot of these teams, they didn't have to play Homestead. They didn't have yeah. to play Southridge. They just, and they've always done that. I mean, you yeah. know, they played Booker T back in the day, although right. that wasn't that wasn't a very friendly game. It was like sixty to two at halftime. But, they, but yeah, they I, I think me, they'll push yeah. back for a minute. They remind me of Booker T in the sense that, like, you know, like with the with their their track program is another one yes. that's been great for yes. years, and it kind of feeds into the football the same way Booker T and several other and others basketball do. too. And they're basketball. they're a very athletic yep. sport, and I mean a very athletic school, uh, no. just not enough depth. They're, actually, they remind me of the Palmetto team that pushed uh, Central to the brink, uh, yeah. really, because they got those type of athletes. Yeah. In the other matchup, obviously, Bulls has the tradition, but they haven't really, you know, since Corky Rogers retired back in the day, they haven't been that good winning a state championship. But it is still a pretty talented squad. Up front, they have a few kids that are D1 commits. I mean, they have uh, uh, Louisiana commit Cooper Fordham running the yeah. ball. That's a mass over 2,000 yards. Um, their offensive line is led by Iowa State commit Brendan Black. A tight end, Connor Cox, is a South Carolina commit. So, you know, some talent there, but I think it's similar, right, Larry? I think it's similar to the, what we just talked about, just where Heritage is just going to have so much depth and, and weapons that that it's probably too much to overcome. Yeah, Bulls lost a lot of games this year, you know, and basically a couple of games that they should have never lost. I mean, but, uh, yeah, they have talent. Uh, I This is a shell of what Bulls teams have been in the past. You know that, Andre. I mean, this yeah. is a – they're going to come down and battle. It's just that there's just too much. And as David will tell you from – just watching. I mean, uh, Heritage has four backs. I mean, they really yeah. do, you know, with Dinkins and you had talked about Byron Lewis and those type of guys. And, and, and then they have Brandon Innes, who will be the single best player on every single field that he plays on. I mean, he's just that type of player. And, uh, you know, like, you know, even Gibbons with a great special teams kept punting to him for some strange reason. Uh, they're going to be, they're going to have to smart. They're going to have to coach smart. Uh, they're going you know, and, and, but the one thing that's going to keep bulls, you know, around is for some reason, heritage makes a lot of mistakes. Uh, they fumble the ball a lot. They have a lot of penalties, uh, you know, and so that's going to keep them around, but uh, I just don't see it. It's just, they're at home. They could run and hide. You look at Los Alamitos, they blew Los Alamitos off the face of the earth. Then Los Alamitos goes on to be uh, at one point 24th in the nation. <laughs> so, yeah, this is, is a whole different story. Mike Smith has been as disciplined a coach as you're going to ever find. The kids respect him. And, uh, you know, Daryl Porter's done a great job with the defense and, you know, beating Gibbons two times in a row. And Mike Smith put it into perspective while the fans are looking at, uh, you know, Gibbons being 2-17 and 17 against American Heritage. He, he he did say, listen, this was a two-time defending state champion we beat. Right. So uh, he understands. He understands. Yeah. And looking at the other side, at, at um, Class 3M now, uh, you know, Tampa Jesuit, a team I saw when they played Columbus down here. Yeah. Also another one that's that's pretty good. We saw the running back from uh, the Temple commit, Joe Quest yeah. Smith, who looked Joe impressive Quinn. in that game. You know, Todd, uh, Todd Bowles' kid, Troy Bowles, is on the defense leading that, a four-star recruit himself. And I like that freshman quarterback they have, Will Griffin. He was pretty yep. good in that game, too. But, I mean, they're going to go up against that defensive front of Aquinas where you have Devin Payne, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, Says. I mean, this is a sack machine uh, defensive front that they have. And plus that that 
that offense with with Lyle Sands and, and Hezekiah Harris. They've they've been so good, especially in the second half of the year. But how do you, how do you see Jesuit, who you know last year was a state champion, you know coming yep. down here a big test. Different team we saw in Columbus, definitely. Well, Griffin is a beast, but he's now in a little bit more of an experienced beast. Um, big kid, as you said, Smith does a great job. Good, big offensive line. The thing is, is they've run off five straight wins, and they've done it in pretty much dominating fashion, and they've played some pretty good teams along the way. Largo was not bad at all. Uh, yeah, they come down here, but they've been in, in the situation where – they should have beaten Heritage that one year on the field goal. They should have beaten uh, Gibbons when they lost 14-3. to And obviously, uh, Northwestern, they came down here and Northwestern took care of them. So they're not intimidated, and they won't be. Coach Thompson has the type of team that goes year-round. They do a lot of things very well. Uh, they're just going to be overwhelmed by a really, really good football team, a team that's top five nationally. As you said, defensively, St. Thomas doesn't really break. They'll bend a little bit, and offensively, they get it done. Yeah, being at home is going to be a huge advantage. But I do think Tampa Jesuit has a chance to, you know, at least punch back a little bit. You know, I mean, they're not going to knock anybody down, but they'll they'll hit you a couple of times. You know, St. Thomas wants revenge because the oh. loss last year is maybe the only yeah, reason yeah. they weren't national champions. Last yeah, year. no doubt. You're 100 percent right. But you know, th- those are the things. That's what makes football. And uh, yeah. you know, obviously they. Uh, but St. Thomas is just playing at a different level, and uh, they're, you know, when everybody tries to win districts and tries to win regions, their their look is always David at, at a national title. They want to be top five every single year because that's a great selling point to get kids in there. Listen, we're top five nationally every year, you know I mean? So, yeah. and then the kids want to sign up, even if they have to play second and 13, they want to yeah. be a part of it. Yep. They want to be part of that powerhouse, part of that, put their name in the tradition there somewhere. Um, and on the other side of that bracket, this is the one that I really want to hear your thoughts on because I want to know, because Homestead yeah. taking on Jones up in Orlando, I, I think this is going to be one of the best matchups of the entire weekend in terms of just, uh, especially if Homestead, can play error-free football and go up there. It's a talented Jones team, as you, as we mentioned before, that is on a roll right now. Ten straight wins, like, and they made that that pivotal quarterback change over there that seems to have ignited this team. Chris Tooley, an FAU commit, converted cornerback and was playing defensive back earlier in the year. Ten touchdown passes, no picks. You know they have some Maryland commits on this team, uh, as well as uh, Jabari Smith, another FAU commit. Malik Bryant, though. David mentioned, as you heard earlier, the way that he's been such a beast for them. I mean, does Homestead have – I mean, I, I see the Homestead team that beat Northwestern, that forced those turnovers and played error-free most of the time. To me, that's the only way they have a chance to, to win this game. What do you think? Yeah. Um, Orlando Jones will overwhelm them up front. That's the whole thing. They're huge up front on both sides of the ball. You talk about Malik Bryant is very active. But their offensive line, albeit it's really, really young, in a lot of ways, that's where they've been winning. Uh, I don't think anybody knows the magnify, magnification of what they did to, to Orlando Edgewater. I mean, I, I don't think the people in South Florida really have a clue. Edgewater was one of the national teams that, that were on a, a real run, one of the best running backs in the country, probably one of the best running backs they've had in Florida in, in years. Um, beat, uh, beat a good, really good uh, Bosco team from, um, from New Jersey, uh, they just took care of business every single game. And, uh, you know, you kind of knew this was going to be one of those games because the first time was 14, 13. Yeah. And, uh, it was a really, really close game. Uh, you're hundred percent right. If Homestead plays error free ball and doesn't give them opportunities, there'll be a game. If not, they could run away with this because I mean, they've got the type of speed they've got South Florida speed. Whole different team that played uh, Miami Northwestern in the kickoff class. Right. Completely. Thule is just an amazing athlete um, who can throw. Everybody just thought he was a runner because of his speed. But uh, Homestead can win this game, but they can't make mistakes. They can't give the – especially there. You've got to understand this isn't a team that they're playing that is, you know, a bunch of kids that are – overachievers they're just they're very fast they've got a lot of team speed and they've got a lot of playmakers so homestead's gotta go up there take care of business 
Uh, they can't play like they did against Southridge or they'll get blown right out. They will get blown out by 40. I mean, it, and I watched that game against Southridge when they played and they were lethargic. Their playmakers like Isaac Brown didn't really have a great game. They didn't get the ball to Dandrich enough. Uh, but those guys got to go into that game and and just play as hard as they can. And, and that's the one thing that Coach Simpson's got to kind of, I think, has got to preach is no turnover. Yeah. No penalty. I, 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 that's like my one knock with Homestead this year is that like what you just said about not getting Isaac Brown and Dandridge. I, yeah. I feel like those two, like those two need to get the ball even more than they do. They, they, I, I've seen them get a few touches, but I feel like in a game like this, you're, you're absolutely right. They need to get I agree. 10 or upwards of 10, maybe touches out in the back. At least, at least, at least. Yeah. Cause they're your playmakers. They're the guys, Cortez mills, guys like that. You want to get the ball in their hands and you've got arguably one of the best junior quarterbacks from a high school standpoint in the state of Florida. I mean, he Townsend's a difference maker. Without Townsend, they're okay. With Townsend, they're right. better than okay. It's also yeah. interesting you mentioned how big Jones' offensive line is because uh, Homestead's defensive line has been really good this year. That's yeah. Simpson's specialty, but they're kind of small. They're undersized. It's, he's yeah. even said that, like, we're kind of like the gritty, like, we're the, we're the overachievers on that defensive line this year. Right. Um, and that'll be a real challenge. If, Uphill if, climb. If Jones, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll see if Homestead can uh, make it to uh, Dade versus Broward finals. Obviously, it's a tall task up there, as we've talked about. And here's a team that, you know, not to knock anything on them, but it's not their fault. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. But their roads pretty much opened up in Class 4M, and they're taking care of business, and that's Columbus. And we've seen the team several times. The three of us have seen them over the course of the year. They're going to face an Okoe team that's come on strong in the second half and uh, gotten on a little winning streak there at the end. I mean, they have some talent, too. I mean, look at senior Asad Wasim as a three-star receiver with about 18 uh, FBS school offers. Their running back, Keandre Jones, has had over 1,200 yards this season. Those are their guys on offense. And then on defense, an Illinois commit, Calvin Smith, their edge rusher, has 20 sacks this year. Zach Toby is another one who's a, a big recruit. So it's an interesting challenge for, for a Columbus team that, you know, from the beginning has looked like, Maybe they don't blow you away with the five-star talent, but they have ingredients of just about everything that you need to, to put together a state championship team. What do you, what do you know about Okoe, Larry, and, and what's this game going to be like? <laughs> I've seen Okoe yeah. a lot. I know. Silly question when I ask you that, right? When you, were, when you were watching, when you were talking, the first two names that came out of your mouth were kids that weren't there last year. Uh, Wasim was yeah. – uh, he's a kid who went to West Orange and he went to Wakaiva. Um, really good receiver. He's been to a lot of schools, like I said. Same thing with Jones. Jones was the running back last year, if you remember, when uh, Popka played Venice here. So they've gotten a lot of – because all those teams out there, you have a Popka, you have West Orange, they're all Western type of teams, Wakaiva. uh, They're all programs that are loaded. Uh, Those kids are just so closely intertwined. Um. They've got a really, really good football team that, uh, you know, that peaked at times this year. Uh, but you're talking in Columbus, I think, arguably one of the best coach teams, maybe nationally. Yeah. Uh, Dave Dunn, uh, you know what, uh, like I, I'll tell you these people, he didn't waste 14 years at the collegiate level for nothing. I mean, you you got to figure here's a guy who was at FAU and he was at, up in Maine and he was at Yale and he's all these different schools. And his coaching staff is far superior there than a lot of them. And that's where they've taken a lot of these kids who are athletes, but he's, they brought them to the next level because they're outstanding coaches. Columbus, as they showed you against Central, as they showed you against Northwestern, they're not lying down for anybody. Uh, they're, I mean, I, I could see them against a Popka in the state finals, which will be a which will be an unbelievable game. You talk about revenge. A Popka has a little revenge on Columbus for that game that got away from them a couple of years ago. But that's right. Yeah, I, I, Okoe's a really good team. They're just not overall in in Columbus's uh, you know time zone right now. I mean, they got like you said, they've got four or five kids. Uh, but four or five kids is not going to be Columbus. As we right. saw with Northwestern, they had four or five kids too. And I know they had a lot of guys out and it was a close game, but Columbus just gets up for people. You know, I mean, they really do. Their defense is amazing and it's going to be more amazing next year because seven of those 11 starters come back. Right. Uh, and offensively, can't say enough about what Mendoza's done. They're arguably one of the top quarterbacks in South Florida. I mean, he's a 
real smart kid that wanted, you see, and here's the thing, there's a lot to be said for kids who win jobs. You know I mean? If you're just handed yeah. a job and you go through the motions, but he's played at that high level. You look back at all the games, you look back at the central game, how he brought, how he single-handedly brought them back because yeah. he's a smart guy. How the, and you mentioned uh, Andre in the Tampa Jesuit game. I mean, he was on target. It wasn't his better games, but he, he did finish things off. And when you have, you know, guys like Irvin to make plays, I heard maybe Leon might not play. I think he got hurt in the last game, which will be a blow because he's a weapon and arguably one of the top, you know, playmaking juniors around. But they've got a really solid offensive line. And you mentioned not big, big names, but they've been always cohesive. And and that's the thing. And and I think on offense, they have some playmakers the and I think they have one of the best punters uh, since Reggie Roby. Reggie was still around, he'd be proud of this kid. That's for no sure. No doubt, no doubt. But yeah, yeah, I think uh, Coey comes down, they'll rattle chain for a minute or two. But just Columbus is way well too, co- you know. Re- re- and they've got the athletes, yeah. you know, outside the the junior kids that get all the pub. Uh, they've got kids, you know, like uh, you look out on that field and you, and you look at them and you go, if you just saw them singularly, you know, at a, at a game or at a camp and stuff, you wouldn't think much of them, but as team players, that coaching will come up big uh, for Columbus once again. Yeah. And, and to echo that an accomplishment that you talked about coach Dunn and his staff, this is four times in a row, you know, now obviously we're, we're throwing out the COVID. We're not throw out the COVID year. We had to mention even during the COVID year. Even then they, they, they won. won the Tri-County Championship. <laughs> yeah, they probably exactly. won the state title that year. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah exactly. but in the four years that they've been able to, it's a, they've, they've gone to the final four. That Not a lot of teams, you could say, statewide can accomplish that. Especially in a big in a classification row. like they were 8A. I agree. Yeah, which, a, which yeah. 8A, 6A, whatever the highest class is, you know, there's always turnover. There was always a new team every two, three years. And, yep. and, a pop, and I ask Apopka, like you mentioned, Apopka with a, a long history of ups and downs against Dade and Broward teams, uh, not just Columbus. But, uh, yeah, I think Cedric Irvin, too. I mean, you mentioned a lot of guys. I think he's going to have to have a big game, especially if they're missing one of their top receivers. I think yeah. they – they mix that in and kind of throw off that that Okoe defense. That'll be something. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, uh, to to just extend on that point, uh, what Chris Merritt did there it was amazing because he set the table from a not just a talent standpoint, but just a a philosophy standpoint. And then Dave Dunn was there before. He knows the landscape, and then he just returned. Uh, you know, to you know, take what. Uh, um, uh, Chris did and then compound on it and, and just uh, use all of his experiences. So Columbus has been very fortunate in the last 20 plus years um, to have some of the best coaching that, that you could have in South Florida. Yeah, no doubt about it. Larry, as usual, my friend, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate uh, the insights and you taking the time to do this with us. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll uh, maybe we can talk again with you before the season's over. Or, or maybe do some kind of season wrap up. But, uh, but like, like always, thank you, my friend. We'll see you on the sideline pretty soon, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks, guys. Appreciate both of you. Larry Bluestein, everybody. Uh, you catch him on, uh, I believe, now on Tuesday nights these days, if not on Monday nights, his show on WQAM. Uh, check it out. Uh, wealth of knowledge and always has great guests from the high school football community. And now we're going to wrap this episode up. Uh, David and I are talking about. Um, you know, making our picks. We talked a lot about those games, but now here's where we're going to uh, tell you where, who we think is going to win all of these games. Uh, David, I think let's do the layup first, the uh, True North versus Chaminade. And again, I, I, we, we don't mean to knock True North. They yeah. had a great year and a tremendous uh, job by by Coach LaFerre and his staff. But Chaminade, we know, is just on an incredible run right now. Uh, and, and I think the Lions will will cruise in this game, but we wish True North the best in, in in keeping and building upon that core. What do you think, David? Yeah, I mean, it's the number one team in the country, arguably against not the number one team in the country, right? Like <laughs> yeah. True North is it, you know, I mean, it's been, they've been one of the best stories of the season, um, building obviously in the right direction out of nowhere into a, you know, if you're in the final four, you're a state title contender, right? Like you, you got to kind of, you, you got to consider them that. Um, the gap is very large, though, right now between them and Chaminade. So you got to go with Chaminade. Yeah, we want to remind everybody also to vote on our high school player of the week polls, as always, uh, this week. One of the guys in that poll on the Broward side is 
that defensive tackle for Shalinad, Wayne Perk. Well, I think we, you, you hear a lot about all these other guys on Shalinad, yeah. but I think he's one. He's he, you can make a case he's the heart and soul of that defense up front. Three sacks last week, six overall that they had against Cardinal Newman. He's on that on that ballot. So is uh, Mark Fletcher that we talked about before, and a few others. Um, so go ahead and vote on the Dade side. Joshua Townsend, as we mentioned before, had a big game. Aiden Davenport for Palmer Trinity. J. Rock Lopez. Uh, there, but uh, MiamiHerald.com slash sports on the high school sports page. You'll find the polls there. You can vote uh, until Thursday night as many times as you'd like uh, for your for the player you feel should be the player of the week. Uh, let's jump to our next prediction here, and we have Okoe uh, versus Columbus in that 4M matchup. As we saw, Larry talked about how Okoe brought in a lot of reinforcements from around the Orlando area, but I don't think it's enough. I think Columbus is on that mission to get back and 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 win their second state title. What do you think? Yeah, I like Columbus here. I mean, I, they've had some shaky first halves. Um, obviously, the Central one where they were down huge and came back, uh, even against Palmetto a couple of weeks ago. Um, very competitive first half and then pulled away in the second. I would not be surprised if it's the same thing because obviously Okoe has uh, some really good talent there and on both sides of the ball too, right? It's not going to – they're – if you're trying to get into a defensive struggle or a shootout with Columbus, you're probably not going to win because they're they're too well coached. But they've got talent enough talent on both sides of the ball to keep being competitive. But I like Columbus in this one. Yeah, and there's always that little bit of a like the unfamiliarity with an opponent right. from out of town. Yeah, kind of takes a little bit to kind of settle into the game and get that. And I think they will. And Columbus tends to play close first halves sometimes anyway. So yeah, exactly. I can see that for sure. Uh, moving on to our next one, we're going to go to uh, Tras Powell. Uh, that game, Columbus game, by the way, Tropical Park Friday night. We haven't been saying that. Chaminade at home against True North. Uh, the central game against Lakewood, uh, making our next pick here. That game at Tras Powell on Friday night. Uh, yes, Lakewood has all that talent, but I think the Rockets, we've seen them too many times this year. And they're, again, another team that can do it all, whether it's running the football. And, and I like the fact that the Rockets have been running the ball during the postseason more than they did during the regular season. I think that's the added dimension that then makes them even more deadly and, and, and they should coast in this one. What do you think? Yeah. Lakewood has a lot of talent. You know, also has a lot of talent. Miami central. <laughs> so uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Miami central this one, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I like, I like, like I said, I love that they're battle tested, right? A lot of teams will get to this time of year and, and maybe they've just been beaten up on lesser competition and in, in their non South Florida neck of the woods. Um, Lakewood, uh, is not for years and years. Like I said, they, they play out of, out of their area. They play good teams. Um, but the gap, I mean, Miami central is another team that is arguably the number one team in the country and, and Lakewood is not. So I like Miami central. Yep. Yep. Bulls against American heritage on the other side, just to complete this potential Dade Broward final. If it was 11 years ago, Bulls, I'd be a little worried about heritage. Not now. Not now. I think, I think you would agree. Yeah. They really impressed me once again this weekend. But, you know, Bowles is always going to be competitive, right? Like, I don't see this being a 45-3 to three win for her. I, I think it could be similar right. to what we saw them do against Cardinal Gibbons on um, on Friday. So, the, I and think that gap is probably about the same. And 3M, I think, like we said before, they, these are, to me, the two best matchups. Uh, I think Jesuit comes down here against St. Thomas, and that's going to be they, – they, I think they can challenge St. Thomas, especially when there's a revenge game, There's you yeah. know, emotions are high, that sort of thing. But – Aquinas seems like they have enough. And from seeing Jesuit this year, they're, they're just not quite there yet like they were last year. They might get back to that maybe next season, but I think Aquinas has too much. What do you think? Yeah, they're not going to lose to Jesuit twice uh, in as many years, I don't think. I think, um, you know, we talk about Columbus is one of the best coach teams in the state. Uh, Homestead, Phil Simpson, the job he's done there. But um, you know, Roger Harriet flies under the radar because of all the talent they always have. But, you know, you look across the board and it, it's not a bunch of Alabama and, and Georgia and, and Ohio State commits. It's it's three star running backs and three star defensive ends. And, and they get the absolute most out of them. And obviously their depth is always better than anyone else's. But they lost a lot uh, from last year and they look just as good as they did when it was Zion Turner and Anthony Hankerson running that offense. So uh, I, I like St. Thomas in this one to get yep. back to the state championship. Yep. They would going for their 14th overall, which leads yeah. the state ahead of uh, the yep. Jacksonville Bulls team that we talked about, even though Bulls hasn't done it in 11 years and not likely this time. 
Um, and the last one, the one that's the furthest away uh, in, from South Florida in Orlando, right there next to the Citrus Bowl, we'll have uh, Jones High against Homestead. Can the Broncos pull it off there? What do you think? I want to pick them because I, I, I just <laughs> really respect the job that Philip Simpson has done there and um, the weapons that they have on offense, like you said, and the way that they play defense. But I think or the, I think Jones, uh, I think Larry put it well, they're like a South Florida team. Uh, they have that speed. They have that athleticism. Um, you know, we saw him play. I saw him play in the state championship a couple of years ago against Northwestern. And they went toe to toe with a really, really good Northwestern team. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Jones in this one. I would love to be proved wrong now. Yeah. And it, it pains me too on this one, but I, I realistically, to me, Homestead has to prove it. I mean, are right. they capable? Yeah, this is the first yes. they've been in since the eighties. Like, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, I was at that Northwestern game in the way. You were going to say you were at that game in 1984? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not that old. I don't make old jokes about it, but I'm not that old. But, uh, yeah. Um, no, but the, the game yeah. against Northwestern, six turnovers and kind of spiraled. Right, you were there. kind of showed you what they could do. I mean, I, but Jones is not going to turn the – I seriously doubt they're going to turn the ball over six times. So this is going to have to be one where, most importantly, they do not turn the ball over and, and they can get a good game. And – they have to run the ball. I think Isaac Brown is underutilized, and I think he's going to have to really get more touches, especially. But no, I yeah, mean, it makes you wonder me, were they were they saving them, right? Like, were they saving? You know, that's what I want. Yeah. Running back, um, you don't want it to him to take a ton of hits throughout the year when you know that this was probably coming at some point. Yeah, is this where you unleash right. him and really take this over? But until proven otherwise, this Jones team, you can't just scoff and say, "Oh, they lost to Northwestern at the beginning of the year." No, like Larry said, completely different mm-hmm. team now playing much better so yeah i'm with you on this one i think the tigers uh deny everybody the chance at two dade versus broward uh games but we'll see we'll see if uh exit one proves us all wrong uh this weekend uh, and that's our show for this week uh for uh, david wilson i'm andre fernandez deputy sports editor we'll be back next week to uh, start previewing the state championship games likely we may have shamanad up in tallahassee next week playing in the class one and final followed by the, the other three the following week at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, classes 4M through 2M. But until then, we appreciate you watching the show, and we, can, we hope you continue to, and have a safe and blessed week. Take care, everybody. Woo!